Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> the chapter, the this all-important chapter. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. What did that mean, had fully come? Well, you remember way back from Genesis 1, the evening and the morning were the first day. The way a Jewish day works, it, it starts about 6 in the evening, and then it goes until the next day about 6. Between 3 and 6 is the twilight of the previous day, and then you hit about 6 o'clock, and now we start a new day. So when the day of Pentecost had fully come, so it's it's dark, theoretically, uh, depending on the time of year and such, and, and the place you are on the globe, on the planet, but uh, in the evening, but when the morning comes, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, now this is in the morning, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. Who is they? Well, we found out in chapter 1, there were about 120 people in an upper room doing what Jesus commanded in Acts 1-4, to wait in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, comes. So when the day of Pentecost had fully come, uh, they're about, uh, about a week after here, Jesus ascended into heaven. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord, with one accord. What does that mean? Unity. They're not bickering with one another. They were all with one accord in one place and suddenly. And by the way, these are important uh, criteria for a move of the Holy Spirit, unity. And Psalm 133 tells us where the, the brethren are in unity, the oil of the Holy Spirit flows. And so it says here, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Think about this. They heard a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It might have sounded something like a jet airplane. We don't know. A sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it, it, this sound filled the whole house where they were sitting. So notice they were sitting. They weren't standing. They were sitting, it says. Then there appeared to them, the 120, divided tongues as of fire, and one, a tongue of fire, sat on each of them, upon each of them. And verse 4, here it is. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, other languages, as the Spirit gave them utterance. They began to speak. Well, it doesn't say that they all began at the same time, but as the Spirit gave them utterance, they began to speak in languages that they had never learned, that they did not know. So they were filled with the Spirit and their mouths started talking. This really relates back to the seventh chapter of John, when Jesus, when John says, on that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, if any are thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And then it says, this he spoke concerning the spirit. 
Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke concerning the spirit. And you remember Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so notice they're filled with the Holy Spirit. What happens if you just keep filling up a glass and filling up a glass? It just overflows. What happens if you, you know, you have a, a gas nozzle into your, the mouth of your gas tank and you just keep putting gas and putting gas and putting gas? Well, you know, it has automatic shutoffs now. But what if it didn't? Well, how do you know? Uh, even if the gauge didn't show, how would you know the gas tank is full? Because the gasoline would kick back out of the mouth. And this is exactly what happens when you're full of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit words come out. And here we can see it's in languages that the Holy Spirit was uh, helping them, giving them the utterance, giving them the ability to articulate languages that they had never learned before. But also it comes out with love because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, temperance, and so on. And so the fruit of the Spirit will come out. When you're full of something and you just keep receiving more and more, it will you will overflow with that something that you're full of. And so this is why the fruit of the Spirit should come out of Spirit-filled people. And also an ability to pray in languages, to speak in languages, prayers to God that you have not learned. So they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 5, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. They had come from all over the world for this holiday, Jewish holiday called Pentecost. Devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, see, there's the sound as of a rushing mighty wind. When this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. They could hear as these people are what we'd call praying in the spirit, uh, declaring praise to God in the spirit. Each person from all these nations could hear somebody speaking in the language that, that was their own language. Verse 7, Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we each hear, or how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, of visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues or languages the wonderful works of God. So they not only said we hear in our own language, but they said, here's what we hear. They're, they're speaking about the wonderful works of God. Verse 12, and of course, these disciples in the upper room didn't know what they were saying. They were just speaking out by the Holy Spirit. Verse 12, so they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others, notice, most people were amazed, saying, what does this mean? But others, mocking, said they are full of new wine. In other words, they're drunk. Verse 14, but Peter, you're going to see right here that a carryover from the Gospels is that Peter is still uh, the leader among the apostles. 
But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. So what are we talking about? We're talking about nine o'clock in the morning, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In other words, he's saying a prophecy from Joel, the Old Testament, or what they would call their Bible, the scriptures, is being fulfilled today. Watch this. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then he begins to quote, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Now that's a one of the nine manifestations of the spirit recorded in First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Now let me just stop there because it's important to point out that Peter is quoting from the book of Joel, an Old Testament prophet, and he's saying, this is what is happening right now. The prophecy of Joel is being fulfilled right now. But notice this, it's going to come to pass. Verse 17 says, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, not just the sons. It goes on to say, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants." And on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. So notice, both male and female. Notice, both young and old, young men and old men. Notice, both uh, both normal socioeconomic people, but also men servants, maidservants, what we would consider the lower socioeconomic people, people that are not of status in terms of wealth. And uh, uh, Peter is sharing by the prophet Joel, and God said this through the prophet. He's saying, look, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, he is going to be the great equalizer. Everybody can move in the power of the Spirit, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're young or old, whether you're rich or you're poor. When the Holy Spirit is being poured out, he equalizes, he levels the playing field, and all of them can move in my spirit. All of them can prophesy. All of them can see the power of the spirit function through them. And, and then he continues to quote from the book of Joel, and he says this, I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, that last part of the prophecy that I just read from verses 19 through verse 21 well, this is talking about something that did not happen there uh, on the day of Pentecost, but it's going to happen uh, before the second coming of Jesus. And this is why, without the Holy Spirit's help, it's so difficult sometimes to interpret these prophecies because this prophet's speaking one thing that's going to happen just after the second coming and other things that are going to happen just before, excuse me, one thing that happens, the outpouring of the Spirit, 
just after the first coming and Jesus' ascension. And these other things are going to happen just before the second coming. And so, well, if you didn't realize, like the Jews didn't, that there were going to be two comings of the Messiah, then it would be virtually impossible to understand these prophecies. But now we can see them quite clearly. Verse 22, Peter goes on. He continues his message after quoting Joel. He says, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God. I love that. He's a man. Yes, he's God, but he became a human being. And to this day, he remains a human being seated at the right hand of God. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him. Notice which God did through him. This is what Jesus said. The father in me does the works, which God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves also know him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, and now Peter's going to quote from David, David also being a prophet. He says, for David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord. In other words, David wrote these words, but David wasn't writing about himself. He was prophesying about the Messiah to come. And let me say it more accurately. Jesus, who existed before he was born as a baby, as God, the son of God, Jesus was speaking through prophetically through David, and it was captured in scripture. But this is really a prayer from Jesus. So notice this. I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption." You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. And that's the end of the quote from David. Verse 29, Peter goes on to say, Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried and his tomb is with us to this day. What does that mean? That uh, David wrote, You will not leave my soul in Hades and you won't even allow me to... Uh, experience corruption. What does that mean? You won't even leave me dead or in the grave long enough for my body to begin to decay. Now watch this. Many brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Well, by this time he'd been dead about a thousand years. Verse 30, therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, David, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul, in other words, Jesus' soul, was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption, or nor did his body even have an opportunity to decay in the tomb. Verse 34, this Jesus God has raised up of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see 
and here, talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Verse 34, for David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. This is what David wrote. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. So the Lord, that's Father God, and said to my Lord, my Lord is Jesus, the shepherd. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know, Peter goes on to say, assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. I tell you what, the boldness of the Holy Spirit is on Peter, and he is just telling it like it is here. It says, whom you crucified, uh, God made him both Lord and and Christ, which is Messiah. Verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. See, this is the power of the Holy Spirit on these words, because it could have just made them so mad that they'd have tried to kill the apostles. But notice it says, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Oh, I tell you, you know, people's hearts are cut by the words. And I don't mean cut that they were hurt. Uh, but cut that, oh, this is true what you're saying. What should we do? Verse 38, then Peter said to them, repent. Boy, I tell you, he's not pulling any punches, is he? Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, we know that the water of baptism does not save anybody. It doesn't make you born again. You're born again by faith. However, the first thing that Jesus commands us to do when we get saved is to be baptized. Why? To show, to demonstrate that you have made Jesus Lord. The old person is dead. Bury it. That's what going down in the water means. You're put down in the water as if we're burying the old person. But then when we raise you back up, this is you declaring to the world, I've been raised from the deadness of sin. My spirit is now born again as a new person. I have a new life in Jesus. When you feel that water washing over you, that's God wanting you to feel on the outside what happened on the inside. He washed all of your sins away. So notice here, uh, he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Notice, he just throws it right in there. You don't have to be saved for any length of time. No. You get saved? Good. Let's get you filled with the Spirit, too. So if you'll repent and be baptized and declare Jesus, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. For the promise, talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. The Holy Spirit's fullness is for everybody. To you, for you, for your children, and to as many as are afar off, to all as many as the Lord our God will call. Verse 40, and with many other words, see, he wasn't done with the message. With many other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word, notice not everybody did, but those who did. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Well, we don't know how many did not believe and come. 
and repent. But 3,000 did, verse 42. And they continued steadfastly. The Greek there is proskatereo. They were strong toward these 3,000, about 3,120 now. It says, and these continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, teaching, and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. These are four important things. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone who has who had need. Well, this is one of the signs that their lives were changed because the selfishness that grips us as human beings was broken off of them. And now they're willing to lay down their own possessions to make sure that all the body of Christ, that their needs are met. Verse 46, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Notice the two layers. Continuing daily with one accord in the temple. This is Jerusalem. And breaking bread from house to house. They were also meeting in homes. It goes on to say they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And so notice there's such a move of God happening here. These people's lives are so changed. They're sacrificing to meet the needs of one another. And it goes on to say that the power of the Spirit was so much on them that the Lord was adding to the church daily, not weekly, Every day, new people were getting saved and being added to the church here in the book of Acts. This is what God wants for us. He wants us to be filled with the Spirit. If you pray in spiritual language, pray more. Uh, give it an hour a day or more in the Spirit. You'll be surprised at the power of the Holy Spirit that flows in your life if you will press into the things of God. Call upon Him. Ask Him to fill you with the Spirit or to fill you afresh with the Holy Spirit. And let's let's allow the book of Acts to become alive in us. Thank God for this precious chapter. And I love this promise for the promise of the Holy Spirit is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Praise God. Father, fill each person with your spirit today in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.